0: Hi, welcome to church today. The message you're about to listen to came from a recent gathering at our church. Be encouraged as you enjoy this message.
1: Well, good morning to you. It's going to be a very different Sunday. I'm going to talk about 25 minutes if I'm fortunate. I've got a couple of videos I want to show you. One about 20 minutes long, one six minutes long about miracles. Everything I read now as I daily continue in the word. I hope you all understand no matter what I read, I can't help but it reflect upon what I'm dealing with with my wife and the situation going on. Julie's supposed to come home on Monday uh, from the hospital, but now she's totally fully declared as type two diabetic. They, we have, they have to assign a diabetic nurse so that she gets insulin uh, every day. So that's the main bugaboo that we're waiting on for her to come home. Anyhow, but I just want to share a couple of things first. Gosha is so faithful. She's there, stays with her many, many hours every day. And you know the effect that's happened in the ward is really amazing. Even though Julie hasn't spoken, you know, she hasn't spoken, and she rarely smiles really right now. She's just, she just. I'm saying she's in the spirit. I really am. But I'm sharing with David earlier. One of the girls that used to go to the school I walked in to, to visit Julie one day, and one of the girls that we found out went to the school was sitting by Julie and had her teddy bear and brought, had brought her teddy bear over. I thought this girl was 12 years old, and then I come to find out she's 18. I would have bet my life that she was 11 years old, 18 years old. But she was there because she'd gotten depressed for whatever, and she'd cut herself several times, and so they had her in that ward because of cutting. But she was sitting there talking to Julie and Gosha told me how she began to sing over and what have you and had such a beautiful voice. When I talked to David about it, he said, yeah, he knows who the girl is. She's no longer at the school. But she has this incredible voice, this little girl. And, uh, but Gosha was saying how she would just sing to Julie and love on her and whatever. And just, just, it was just amazing, you know, stuff like that. And then, of course, we're always watching on an iPad like miracle videos and things like that, just constantly trying to feed my wife's spirit with this good stuff, you know, about the truth of how powerful our God is. You're going to see a video today that's going to talk about how powerful our God is. It's going to blow your mind. But uh, Goshi was saying that one of the nurses, almost every nurse is a Christian, but this one nurse is a Muslim, and she was telling me about how uh, well, let me back up. Well, okay, I'll talk about that nurse. She said this one nurse that's a Muslim was saying, is that about the music? Uh, go on. Well, isn't that about all the worship music that was being played? Oil. She was about oil. Oh, okay. Well, whatever. I don't even remember. You tell it.
2: Yeah, there was one nurse, uh, BC from Nigeria, and uh, she said, I'm a, I'm a Muslim, and she smelled the oil. I just literally
0: did you eat the Deborah oil. That's a very lovely
1: smell. I said, this is from the, Deborah, from the Bible. And she said, oh, I read sometimes Bible to calm me down. <laughs> 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 That's why I read the Bible to calm me down. She
0: just comes to Julie and says, Julie smells so lovely. And it's just like attracts me, you know,
1: me yeah. but The other one I was thinking about is, yeah, you said one of these patients came up to go shaftwards and because they'd been playing worship music. And she said, you know, I just want to thank you so much for playing that song the music she said I was really fearful about a test I was about to take but she said somehow that music just made me feel so calm and so at peace you know just little things like that but it's just a beautiful thing when you see the influence of Christ in you the hope of glory you know what I mean when you're not even planning something or whatever it is anyhow but this like I said I just want to share a little bit this morning like I said it's I can't help but everything I speak, you know, have some form of relation to what I'm dealing with now because I'm in a fight of faith. But I'm learning so much. And one of the major things I'm learning is how uh, you've heard me say this. I cannot be influenced by the time factor. You've heard me say that before. But I I turned on the TV the other day. and I'm just going to read one thing from my notes and then share a couple of things here, like I said. I was, it happened, for some reason I turned on, Andrew Womack was on, and he spoke of how he woke up one morning at 3.05 a.m. and couldn't go back to sleep, and he kept asking God what was happening. Finally, the Lord spoke, and he said, you're about to start your ministry. That shook him up, because he'd already been speaking around the world for 32 years, (laughs) seeing all manner of healings and miracles, but God was speaking of his beginning of the, the television ministry. He'd been on over 130 radio stations before, so he said he kind of felt discouraged at first as if what he'd been doing, the what, is, what have I been doing the prior 32 years? But the fact is, like he said, God sees things differently than we do. And so that actually struck me, and I, I, the Lord led me to go back into Genesis and to look, and uh, so I'm, I'm not going to go to a bunch of scriptures in the Word. I'm just going to refer to them. But... Uh, I got to thinking about timing because you know my, I want to be frustrated. Do you know what I mean? My flesh. I really want to be frustrated because I want her home now. I want her alive now. I want her speaking now. I want her smiling now. I want that back. I want her. I want my wife back. Do you know what I mean? I really do. It is, and you can so quickly lean into a place of depression. I mean, it's it's bam. You know, you can just. Be depressed and you know be ready to faint in your mind or what have you. But God began to show me again, like Abraham. You know, we all know Genesis twenty one seventeen. He was hundred years old when God spoke to him, and uh, he goes on to say in Genesis seventeen twenty one, he speaks to him about when Sarah will give birth, and he says, at the set time, she will give birth. And those two words just hit me, you know, about the set time. That's in the King James. It doesn't say that in the Amplified. And so I begin to think about that. Lord, is, there, is, there a, is that what we're dealing with, a set time? But if so, then I, and again, like I said, when I looked at Abraham, Abraham waited some 18 years. God had spoken, said this is what's going to happen. But 18 years goes by, and basically nothing happens, Then an additional seven years For a total of 25 years. I mean, why? Why? Why did, I mean, why? Why 25 years? Why did Abraham have to wait 25 years? Why is that in, as it were, God's plan? What is it about waiting that's so important? What is it about being patient that carries so much strength if we learn whatever the lesson is in the midst of it? But all through this thing, Moses waited 40 years before he saw what God showed him. God showed him what was going to happen. He didn't see it until 40 years later, 40 years. Think about, honestly, you know, I'm 75, but think about, I don't know, some of you are sorts of youngsters, but I mean, think about 25 years, God speaks to you, how many opportunities to faint along the way do you, might, might you have along the way of what you sense God has for you? But I'm just saying. So when I look at these scriptures, it gives, it builds my faith. Because I don't know why. I can't answer why. I just know it's there. And one thing I've always learned when I've studied, you know, God all these years, I've often mentioned about how precise He is. You know, like I've shared with you before, like in the fullness of time, it says at the critical niche of time, God brought forth His Son, born of a woman, at the precise moment. When he was supposed to be born, he was born. At the precise moment, he was born. Not at any just random time. God does things with precision. I hope you believe that. There's nothing he does that's without precision. I mean, absolute precision. And so somehow, see, what Rod has to do and what all of us have to do, we have to truly we can say it so easily, but you truly have to have your mind transfigured, transformed, and renewed, really, by how God thinks. You know the verse we all know in Matthew 6:33. I love to teach it from the Amplified. It says, "Seek ye first the kingdom of God," and the Amplified it says His way of doing. Seek first the kingdom. His way of doing and being right, and then all these things that you ask for shall be granted unto you. We have to find out His way. Not your way. His way of doing things. How does the kingdom function? How does the kingdom operate? So now, Abraham gives me faith. He believed, then he doubted, then he lied about his wife. He did this twice. Doubted, lied. Sarah doubted and lied when she said, I didn't laugh. But God was with him the whole way. And like I said, I love that it says at the set time, Isaac will come forth. And it really set me to thinking, is there a set time for all of us? Is there a set time for Julie. And so again, you see, this makes me begin to reflect. Like, as I sit next to Julie, I'm in the natural, you know, for Rod's many years in the Bible, I'm reflecting, as it were, on everything I know about healing, you know, all the healing scriptures, the healing passages, the people I've seen healed at my own hand by God's grace, of course, it's people I've seen healed by others. And I Ever so subtly, if I'm not careful, I, and I shared a bit of this before, you can slip into that place where it's, she's going to be healed because of what I do. I'm going to show so much faith. Do you know what I mean? I'm going to be so strong in faith. And really that's wrong because, again, I, cause as I have shared before, it's I, my greatest expression of faith needs to be in his faithfulness. He is faithful. He's faithful when I'm not faithful. Just like these beautiful lyrics of all these songs this morning. You know, mercy triumphs over shame. I mean, that's an incredible truth of Scripture. But it's just that we have to understand the kingdom. God Almighty is precise, but he just doesn't think like we think. And again, time can defeat you so quickly. And so I have to have a reflection of eternity. We all know the script that says lay hold on eternal life. And uh, I think I saw something even this morning. I can't remember. But, you know, there's a phrase where people often say live in the moment. And there's, there's a truth to that, but there can also be a real perversion of that. That's not what God plans. God wants you to live in the eternities in your mind. And see, this guy put down this long line like this with an arrow pointing this way and an arrow pointing that way. And he said, there's an arrow on both ends because we're talking about eternity has always been. Eternity has always been. And so right in the middle of it, there's a little tiny dot. And that dot is you today. Ask yourself, where does 99% of your thought life live? It lives in you today or tomorrow. But how much of it really thinks about the fact that, you know, right next to this dot, if you draw another little line, it might be 100 years later. Another line, 200 years later. You get a line way out here, it might be 10,000 years later. But you're still going to be in the presence of God. And somehow, that needs to carry greater weight. And I'm being honest with you. You know, I've had to deal with some real things. You know, like I I was really a bit upset. A good friend of ours talked to me from America about two weeks ago and said, Rod, do you really think Julie wants to stay? Do you think, have you asked her whether or not she wants to go? And I said, no, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I don't want to ask that question. You know, it bothered me. So when I hung up, I just sat there and thought about it. But, see, I'm in faith for her restoration. Do not doubt that. But you know what? At the same time, Rod has to know, I'm never gonna be separated from her. We were made one. I mean, that's a miracle. God is the only one that can take two and make them one spirit. That's marriage in Christ. And so I have to consider that. I will never lose her. If she does go on, if she's gonna go at some point, so am I, so are you. You know what I mean? You, are, you will too. I mean, a young girl like this, she never thinks about that at all. She's too young and what have you. But the point is, we're all going to go at some point. But this is why I think that verse, lay hold on eternal life. I've got to have a bigger reference than the now. I have to have a bigger reference than this particular point of time right now and that which I'm experiencing right now. I have to have a bigger point of reference. So going on with some of these thoughts, Psalm 102, 13, you don't have to put these up, Jonathan. It says, you will arise and have mercy and loving kindness for Zion, for it is time to have pity and compassion for, her. yes, the set time has come, the moment designated. And I was really interested in how many times I found the phrase, the set time. And I'm just saying, you know, I wonder, is there a Jesus, is there a set time for Julie? To be t- just a boom. It happened, you know, suddenly. Is there a set time? I want it to be. I want, to, I, really, you know, I want there to be a boom happening. But see, until that moment happens, what am I supposed to be doing? What is, what is supposed to? All of you, whatever you may be waiting for, I'm trying to get to this issue. There may be a set time. And you may try to do all your best to manipulate some way or another, even in the spirit. You know, you don't mean to, but you want to force the issue or cause something to happen or be expressed quicker. You know what I mean? But that's not the way it works. Did you hear what I just said? No, but just think about that. You know, um, while you're waiting, many many people have ministered on that, but how powerful is your thought life while you're waiting? Because I think everybody in here, you should be waiting on something. You should be, you know what I mean? You're waiting on something. And, man, how your mind can run wild during that period of time. This is why when they say keep your eyes on Jesus, they really mean it. Your eyes, you have to be locked into eternity. See, it's not the now, it's the forever that makes the difference. Yes, because, I mean, he has taken care of it in this life, but we don't see it so many. Anyhow. Joseph was 13 years waiting after God spoke to him. Then another nine years before he, he saw his dream happen. 22 years. He was 17 years old when God spoke to him in Genesis 37. 17. Noah waited 120 years after being spoken to by God before and seeing what God intended for him. 120. I'm just saying, see, we just let that fly overhead. But think 120 years. What do you do all those 365 days a year for 120 years after God has spoken to you and you're sitting there going, I mean, you know, what's going through your mind? What is happening? What kind of men were these guys to be able to wait and hold, as it were, hold on evidently to all this stuff? David, most say he was 15 years old when he was anointed by Samuel and pronounced the king, but didn't become a king until he was 30 years old. Fifteen years, another six before he actually became the king of Israel. You know, so another, like I said, some 21 years. After he was spoken over by God, anointed by a prophet, he got 21 years later. And all this stuff he goes through along the way. What is it about this experience that we're supposed to be learning? Well, I think it's different for every individual. But all I do know for sure is we are supposed to be learning. And we are not supposed to faint in our understanding. You know, lean not to your own understanding, but acknowledge God in all your ways and let him direct your paths. Acts 17.31 says this, and this is, you know, another message I used to preach. I'm almost done already, so we can watch the video. So get the popcorn, Deji. It says, now think about, again, the precision of God. Acts 17.31, because he hath appointed a day. Say a day, not any old random day. God already has appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he ordained. That's the King James. Do you understand? There's a day that we're racing toward right now. Every day, we, there's a day. Not still God just kicked back on his lounger waiting and saying, oh, I'll do it later. No, there's a day that he's already foreordained. And every day we're one day closer to it. Did you catch that? Yeah. Another thing I used to love to preach was out of um, Acts 17, 26. This is King James as well. And hath God hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth and hath determined the times before appointed. He hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. In other words, every dynasty, every kingdom Think about this. God knew in advance. He, of course, he knows all things. But think about that. He determined the times they were before appointed. So I guess what I'm trying to communicate is I want you to have faith in God's timing. Because otherwise you're going to try to have faith in your own timing and you'll fall. You'll faint. You know what I mean? Yeah. See, I, I like I said, I want Julie healed right now. I want her to rise up. I see her step walking normally, talking, laughing. I see her throwing her head back and glorifying God for what he's done in her life. I really do. I see that. I see it. Amen. However, I'm saying, okay, Lord, because I, I don't know the answer for sure yet. All I'm saying is I know that you're talking about there's set times. And when I look at all these men of God who you spoke to, See, he spoke to all of us when he said Jesus took our infirmities and bare our illnesses. He spoke to all of us when he said who his own self bore our sin on the tree that we being dead sin should live under righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed, past tense. He spoke that to all of us, didn't he? Well, he spoke to all of these men. 40 years, 25 years, 120 years. But he had spoken, and what he speaks stands. He speaks; he commands, and it stands. Deuteronomy, and so one of the major reasons I think, when we find out about the waiting, of course, I think is found here in Deuteronomy chapter eight, verses two and three. This is the Amplified. And you shall hear what Moses says, and you shall earnestly remember. All the way which the Lord your God led you these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you, to prove you, listen to this phrase, to know what was in your mind and heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and he allowed you to hunger and fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you recognize and personally, know that man does not live by bread only, but man lives by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. I know that's so familiar to us. But during all that waiting period, all of this complaining, they complained, they murmured all the way along. You all remember it was only an 11 day journey, it took 40 years. But still, it says, you should remember this. He did this. He allowed this to happen. To know what was in your mind and heart. See, while I'm waiting, God's finding out what's really in my heart. While you're waiting, God's looking at what's really in your heart. Where are your priorities? I mean, do you really believe? I heard again something this morning. It really blessed me. You know that one of the Beatitudes, that says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And it really hit me. See, Rod's number one priority is keeping my heart clean. Think about this. This is why God deals with us so much about strife, attitude, bad attitude, selfishness, anything. Because if I want to see God, I want to see God. I want to see God. But Rod... Seeing God in the midst of this trial, or Rod seeing God in any situation, Rod has to make sure I keep my heart pure. We talk about innocence. David hears a lot about innocence and intimacy. So consider that as well. Understand it's so, it's so vital. Keep your heart pure. Cast down wrong imaginations immediately. You know what I mean? Just rip that stuff out of your soul. Just back it off, kick it off, say no instantaneously, because I want you to see God. You can see God in the midst of this, and, I'm, and so that's what I'm doing. I'm doing my best to see God in the midst of what I'm dealing with right now. My flesh wants to only see Julian or current situation. Your flesh only wants to see your current status or situation. But if we keep this thing clean and really pure, you're going to have a far greater opportunity to see God. Don't you want to see God? Hallelujah. Sometimes the journey is long. How do you stay consistent when so much time is passing? Well, we know that we're to fight the good fight of faith by the prophecies, the word of God to us. First Peter, you must keep your care cast upon the Lord. You have to recognize anxiety instantly and put it aside. Do you hear me? Did you hear that? You have to recognize any form of anxiety. I mean now. You know how often it comes to me during the day? Too many times to mention. It does. I'm just being honest. I'm not, no, I'm not Superman. Because I love her so deeply. It just it hurts. I mean, it just, you know, I, I cannot. There's no way. I've got to be careful here. You'll think I'm getting soppy. Not. It's just that I had no comprehension that love could be so deep. It's real love. Can't you can't express it in words? There's just no words. I keep saying I love you, Julie. I love you, Julie. But it's just it's like to me it's like so dull because it can't. It just doesn't express what I'm feeling. You know what I mean? It doesn't express what's in my heart. You know, as far as my desire to her. So I have to like. And, you know, be anxious for nothing, he said. Be anxious for nothing, but acknowledge God in all your ways. You must, so Rod, got to constantly cast my care upon the Lord. I have to recognize anxiety quickly and put it aside. And, again, the lesson that I'm still learning just really, you've heard me share this many times. Well, what does it really mean to rest, to learn to rest? Can I get to that place where peace, you're saying, you know, shalom, I love that, shalom be upon us. Peace, the peace of God, that what we all know passes. It's so beyond understanding. In other words, can I have peace in this situation that has nothing to do with my current awareness of what she's going through? He wants me to. Let's see, my flesh feels guilty if I think I get to that point because I feel like I need to be worrying or I need to be doing this or I need to be praying harder or praying longer. See, and again, I so easy get into works. It's his faithfulness. And I tell you, I haven't accomplished it yet, but I I need to find that place where I really understand the old statement, let go. Let go. and let God. Amen. <coughs> Amen. Okay, I'm done with that. Amen. Everybody say, Praise God, He's done. Go ahead, David. You love to say that more than anybody. No. no. Okay. Now listen. In the midst of all this, like I said, I've been watching a lot of videos and stuff on uh, just miracles and stuff. This first, but first, I've got a PowerPoint I want to show you, and I'll just read off of it. If you can get that up there, Jonathan. One of the guys I've been watching is AA. A. Allen, AA. A. Allen during the night, late 1947, like 1959 I think, or maybe 1962. Incredible miracle ministry, right? I mean incredible. Now I don't how many of you ever heard of RW. Shambachk? Anybody besides me? Shambachk worked with him as a young man. and some of the videos is funny because you see Shambachk and he's so small and tiny compared to what he was when, when I saw him when I, he used to come to Rama sometimes. But, I mean, incredible miracles. But this one miracle, this is called the 26 diseases about this little boy. So I'm just going to read it here. This happened in 1959. During A.A. A. Allen's healing revival in Birmingham, Alabama, a mother from Knoxville brought her son for prayer. Little David was almost three years old and had been called the most underdeveloped boy ever born in Tennessee. He was paralyzed on his right side, blind in one eye, deaf, mute, couldn't crawl because his limbs were like twisted sticks and his feet were deformed. This is a picture of you can see his tongue hanging out in the side of his face. They said his legs were like spaghetti. I mean, literally, so limp. Never walked. Next, next one, please. All total, he had 26 major diseases or defects in his body. His mother had been told by one doctor, only God can help your boy now. David's mother took that statement literally. When she heard that A.A. Allen would be holding meetings in Birmingham, she knew she had to get there. As a single mother in 1959 with a special needs child, this was no small task. Although it cost her all she had, she drove the 250 miles alone with her boy to get him to the revival. The great physician did not disappoint. What happened in the meeting in Birmingham is called the greatest miracle of A.A. Allen's ministry. As Alan held the boy in his arms and wept over him, suddenly two bright blue pupils appeared where once there was only the milky gray blindness. The boy's limbs began to morph like putty into the correct shape. His tongue, which had hung out of his mouth limply before, snapped inside of his mouth, and he began to call out his first words that he'd ever spoken, Mama, Mama. And when he caught sight of her, he took his first steps. He'd never walked for it to walk to his mother. He was completely healed. However, the Lord did not end there. God wasn't going to leave anything unfinished. The tent was full of people. There's 3,000 people there, Shambok says. The tent was full of people with significant needs. Spontaneously, with no one praying for them, every person in a wheelchair stood up together, totally healed. Every person in the stretchers got up the same way people began running to the front so they could throw their hearing aids on the altar. Then came glasses. Then came walking sticks for the blind. Every single person was healed as the glory of God rested under that tent that night. I think that's it. Is that the last frame? Oh, that's him holding the baby. I think, isn't there one more picture? At the end, I'm not sure. If not, it's all right. Yeah, that's him walking now. Okay, now I'm going to watch a video. This is Shambok. I think it's 23 minutes long. Shambok, who was there that night working with him and what have you. So I want you to watch this video. Then we're going to watch a, just a six-minute video of Alan praying for another little boy. And I want us to learn. First of all, I want you to understand something. This is our God. Yeah. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We need to understand. You remember how you heard me months back talking about God keeps talking about miracles, signs, and wonders? He still is. I can't get away from it. I'm saying miracles, signs, and wonders. I think David and something you shared recently, or so, I don't remember. I don't, maybe, so, but I just know that this, we're, this is going to happen here because he wants it to, not because we're special. But at the same time, your reference of faith needs to be he is a rewarder. And he is well able. Anyhow, so let's watch if you can find that video, the one that says Shambok, and get that started. If you can just watch this for a moment, please. Well, like I said, it's about 22, 20. make sure the volume's up and what have you.
2: I had young Carlos who'd been driving me around, brought me from the airport. He said, Brother Shambok, what's the greatest miracle you ever saw? I said, Do no, you got three hours? <laughs>
1: Turn it up a little see if you can put it it. full. Yeah, there you go. This is
2: when I believe that God opened the veil and allowed me to look into the future. We were in Birmingham, Alabama when I was with Brother Allen, and a woman brought a little boy in four years of age who was born with 26 diseases. He had no male organs on his body. He was born blind and deaf and dumb. His tongue hanged out of his mouth and lay on his chin. Both arms and legs were twisted together and matted together. The elbows penetrated into his little tummy. His knees touched the elbows, and he had no feet. Clubs. You don't put shoes on clubs. You put shoes on feet. Mother brought that child in. I wrote the card out. I gave it to her in the afternoon service. I was preaching faith, and she was there all week long. But the card was never called. Sometimes we get in too big of a hurry. We run into church, quick preacher, lay hands on me. Bible says lay suddenly. Lay hands suddenly on no man. Some people need to sit down and hear the word of God preached. And they need to get those preconceived opinions and them doctrines of devils that they have in their their brain. And they need to hear the unadulterated word of God, that God's not dead, but he's alive, and he's the same today as he was yesterday. That woman sat there with that boy three services a day. She came from another city like you did. Following Sunday, she came after I preached in the afternoon. She said, Brother Sharmuck, I'm run out of money. Have you ever been there? She said, my boy hasn't been prayed for yet. I said, I refuse to apologize for the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost used Brother Allen in a different way. And every night he would minister, but it was in a different vein, and he didn't call the prayer card. But she said, I've been staying in the hotel. I've been eating in restaurants. I've been giving in the offering three times a day, and I'm down to my last $20. I've got to go home tonight. Can you do something? I said, I can do one thing. If he don't call that prayer card tonight, I'll take that boy over to his trailer house and make him lay hands on that baby. I'll get him to the man of God. And I meant that. I would have done it. I was leading the singing that night. Introduced Brother Allen, and he popped out on the stage. He said, we're going to receive an offering tonight quickly. It's going to be an offering of faith. Don't get nervous. I'm not going to take another one. (laughs) (laughs) But I might. And when he said, I want you to give an offering of faith... A puzzled look came on the faces of everybody, including me. I never heard him use that terminology before. He said, now if you don't know what I mean by an offering of faith, he said, I want you to give God something you can't afford to give. Because if you can afford it, there's no faith attached to it. Logical. Never heard that expression? The first thing I saw was that little woman. had the baby in her hand, tossed in another woman's arms, and she'd come running. She was three-fourths of the way back, and she beat everybody down there. He was holding the buckets. And I saw that woman come running fast. I mean, ran. 3,000 people in that auditorium. And she threw something in the bucket. I'm on the platform. I'm nosy now. I jumped off that platform. And I looked in that bucket. Because that woman told me all she had was that $20 bill. And when I looked in that bucket, you know what I saw in that bucket? $20. She's in Birmingham, Alabama, and she lives in Knoxville, Tennessee. But she wanted a miracle. She needed something from God. She said, Lord, I'll walk home if you just heal my baby. When I saw that $20 bill, I ran behind the platform and I cried like a baby. I said, oh, God, I've been trying to teach that woman faith all week. But I said, oh, God, give me faith like that woman's God. I don't know whether I could do that. You don't know whether you can do it unless you're in a similar situation. That man of God received the offering, started preaching. He wasn't 15 minutes into that service when all of a sudden he said, he said, I'm, I see a big building. I said, oh, Lord, here we go on another trip. <laughs> this is how God used me. He said, it's a big old white building. I'm sitting there unmoved because I hear it all the time. He said, I'm inside the building now. And he said, oh, there's no doubt where I am. He said, I hear all them babies crying. It's the maternity ward in this hospital. That a little baby was born he said i see 12 doctors around him he said that little baby was born with 12 14 21 20 26 major diseases and when he said that i sat up and i said my god tonight's that baby's night tonight's at baby's night He said, the doctor said the baby wouldn't live to see its first birthday. But he said, the doctor's wrong. He said, that baby's approaching four. He said, I see mother in a suitcase. She's going on a trip. Another lady's with her. Put the baby in a bassinet. It's in the backseat of an old Ford. He said, I see the Tennessee-Alabama border. He said, that car's pulling in on the parking lot. He said, lady, you're here tonight. Bring me your baby now. God's going to give you 26 miracles. Now. Not tomorrow, Benny. Now. God's going to give you 26 miracles. That little woman brought that baby. Four years of age, put it in the man of God's hands, and he started to walk back and forth on that platform. I leaped from my seat and walked with him. 3,000 people stood to their feet. He said, I want everybody to close your eyes and pray with me. I said, not me, mister. I'm going to watch this one. I've been waiting all week for this. Don't you all look so sanctified. you just like I am. And I'm standing there right next to him. And the first thing I saw was that tongue laying on the chin, snapped like a rubber band and it went in his mouth for the first time in four years. Those little blind eyes, you didn't know whether they were blue or brown or what color they were because it was nothing but milky, solid milk. You knew the boy was blind, couldn't see, but I saw two whirlpools in those eyes and all of a sudden you could see brand new blue eyes coming through the milky colored condition. Are you listening to me? I'm talking about a God that's not dead, but a God that's alive. Hallelujah. Thank God for his anointing. The next thing I saw was those arms and legs began to snap simultaneously as they kicked out for the first time. Standing there in front of those people, There's no shoes on clubs. Those clubs were there. But I saw God create feet on that little boy's legs. I I used to buy my children, we used to buy them silly putty when they were kids. I don't know whether they have that now or not. But they used to make things out of that stuff. And it just looked like God was using silly putty to put a foot on the end of that boy's body. People's hands were raised. Some were fall, fallen under the power. Some that didn't go down, fell down. I mean, you were, we knew we were in the presence of an awesome God. Faith had nothing to do with this. This was God working in the midst of his people. This was a sovereign act of God. Mama standing over here on this side of the platform with her hands raised, tears streaming down her face. He put the child down. This boy never saw his mama, never spoke, never walked, never talked. When he put that boy down, he took his first little steps. And when he saw mama, he ran after her. I'm running after him. He leaped into his mama's arms wrapped his arms around her and I heard him say his first words, Mama, 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 Mama. Twelve wheelchairs, you in wheelchairs, listen to me. You that are watching my television, I want you to hear it. Twelve wheelchairs on this side of the platform. Like a sergeant commanded all 12 of them to stand at attention. All 12 stood up at one time. And they walked out of those wheelchairs. Some spinal cords were broken, severed because of motorcycle accidents. 3,000 people watching what was taking place. And all of a sudden, like a maestro leading a great chorus, Every eye went to the stretcher case. 13, 14 stretchers on this side, like they knew what was going to happen. Everybody in those wheelchairs got up and walked out totally healed. While we're standing on the platform, people began to file down the aisle. Back in those days, in 1957, the hearing aids were like transistor radios. They were pulling them out of their ears and out of their pockets where they had them and there were two dozen of them laying on the platform. They didn't need them any longer. People started taking glasses off and laying them on the platform. Every cane, every crutch, and every walker, they were bringing them down, walking normally. They were healed while they were seated out there. I always say nobody laid hands on them, but somebody did lay hands on them. It was the nail-scarred hand of Calvary that night. Can you shout amen? Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Here comes a half a dozen people with different parts of the congregation, six white canes with six inches of red at the bottom, totally blind and their eyes popped open. Women lost four and five dress sizes when tumors just disappeared. Every person in the building yeah. was healed. Every person
1: you validated this was healed after a divine, Every person.
2: sovereign act of God. And people ask me, why, how, why and how did it happen like that? I can't but have one answer, that God lifted the veil yeah. to show me what he's going to do in this last day. Oh, hallelujah. I said hallelujah. It's not going to be two out of ten or three out of seven. It's not going to be eight yeah, out of ten. But I, I believe we're living in the day when everybody's going to get healed by the power of God. No man will take glory for it, but it'll be God working through his people. You are the anointed ones of God. Can you raise your hands and shout amen?
1: Amen. Now, why am I showing you this? Like I said, I want us to, I want to, I hope you know why I'm showing you this. I want you to understand our God is the same. Yes. No matter what, we don't keep our eyes on what hasn't happened. Now, this last video is just like six minutes, and it's another little boy. For some reason, he's. it's called the monkey boy video. I don't know why. But this little boy, again, had his legs where they said were rubber bands. They had one Part of the first of the videos, he takes his legs and his legs just bend. You know, I'm in the middle. You know, and they just go back and forth. It's a trip. now yeah, let's watch this one then. And this is it then. You want to take his coat off? This is a uh, look at this child. Six years old, can't walk.
0: us. Okay. Oh my God. I like see this little How am I gonna like to see this poor little kitty? Heal tonight. Look at that. Oh my god. Did you ever see anything like
1: it in your life? Just like rubber. Never
0: walked. Oh <laughs> <laughs> To save this baby tonight, summon ask my God, to lift the foul curse from this baby. How many believe God will do this? Six years old. I want to talk to every
1: one of you. Hold on. Oh, 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 God. That's Shambock in the back.
0: Jesus' name. All the best Shh. Shh. Listen. Listen. Richard. Richard. How are you tonight? Fine. All right. Say, all right. Fine. Richard. How are you tonight? You Fine. Sit down. Fine. Are you all right tonight? Mm-hmm. Let <laughs> <laughs> the parents, wherever we are tonight, see the lost soul in Jesus' name. And, and all the people said, yeah. see it again. Yeah. Turn around now and go back to your seats. We're going to continue the service. While they're going back to their seats, I'd like for everybody to stand and sing in the sweet by and by. We shall meet on that beautiful shore. And I'd like for you out there in your homes to sing with me. Everybody sing it, sing it, everyone! In the sweet.
1: Remember, this kid never walked. and down That's it. They have pictures of this little boy and the other 26 of these little boy, Ten years later, totally normal. Totally normal. And I just wanted to show you this this morning. I just felt, I just want you to believe he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yes. We have no reason, no answers for why during, you know, it was like 1947 to 1965. They had what was called these major healing revivals like him, Jack Coe, of course, Oral Roberts, and others, T.L. Osborne, all this credible stuff, mostly in India. But uh, I just wanted you to watch this. We've been showing Julie videos of A.A. A. Allen and others every single day. And uh, do yourself some good, too, to watch some. Are All on YouTube, yeah. just because you, we need to have faith. He's the same. Yeah. But can you imagine? being in a place with 3,000 people were literally, and that was all validated too later by the Voice of Healing Magazine with all these doctors. Every single person of 3,000 people, every single person that had any malady was healed that night. Every single person. Every wheelchair person was walking years later. Every person on the uh, stretchers were walking 10 years later. I mean, the, how great is our God? That's all I'm trying to say. I'm not going to say anything else. I just want to let it lay for us. So, Father, we just give you thanks that you are the same. And in Jesus' name, we are not doubters. We are believers. I trust in your name. I trust in your power. I trust in you, Holy Spirit. You are the same. You're the God of miracles, signs, and wonders. And, Father, we will not make excuses for anything. We continue to release faith for you to show yourself alive in our midst. Alive in our families, and our careers, in any given area, makes no difference to you. You alone are God. You're God most high. Father, somehow take some of the spirit that's on these men on these simple videos because your spirit transcends time. Your anointings transcend time. And let the flow of the glory of heaven, Father, come into all of our hearts that we might actually believe that we might actually believe. I don't know what else to say. I just thank you for it. I thank you for it. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, glory to God. Thank you guys so much. I love you with all of my heart. I'll see you soon, okay? Be blessed. Go and be merry. Dance, sing. Believe God for miracles. Amen. Amen. Don't you want to see miracles? Yeah. Yes. 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 yes.
0: Amen.
1: Amen. We will. We will. We will. We will. Amen. All right. Just waiting to see what's happening.
0: I just want to say, being in this room has transformed my worship. That oppression of that small room has just been lifted by moving into this room.
1: Amen. Praise God. David, why don't you pray? Just pray, whatever comes out of your mouth.
3: Father, we we thank you for your goodness. The continual revelation of your goodness in your Lamb. Father, we can never exhaust and get to the end of your goodness, your faithfulness, your loving kindness yeah. towards us and to everyone who walks into our midst. Father, every act of healing, deliverance, Restoration is because you are good. Because you are a loving Father. And so first Father, before we become the ministers of reconciliation that you called us to be, we first receive this love, Father God, this goodness. We mm-hmm. see it, we call it, we receive it, we celebrate it, we sing about it, we meditate on it. So that when the sick do arrive, Father, the overflow from our hearts, Father God, is the revelation of your goodness. Yeah. And it is made manifest in the healing. It is made manifest in the power of God. Hallelujah. Thank
0: you,
3: But first, Father, <clears throat> strike our hearts with compassion. Yeah. And even as Alan, Branham, and and all all the others over the past hundred of years, their hearts would break Father God with compassion. Mm -hmm. Even Jesus himself in the script said he was moved with compassion Mm -hmm. and then he healed the sick. Mm -hmm. So Father, as a collective group of believers, as your family, we ask that you.
0: We believe you've really enjoyed this message. For further information, visit www.commonwealthchurch.org and feel free to
3: join us on any Sunday.